Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Do you really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. I hear something saying. Ah. Ah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fusion Cell. It is November. 16th we're coming upon thanksgiving pretty quickly here i have jeremy brown on the live on the line live from citrus county jail in florida jeremy how are you today well i'm uh doing better today now that we can get back to business and i want to thank everybody for bearing with us through uh me cycling through the stages of grief over the loss of my uncle who passed away this past sunday uh, for anybody who tuned in last night, uh, thank you for listening to uh, my interviews. And uh, I know there were some technical difficulties as part of uh, being in jail, but uh, I know we're gonna we're gonna be working on getting a clean version of that tribute uh, up and linked so that uh, any of those who were interrupted by those technical difficulties will be able to hear a little bit more uh, clean versions or. It's good to do that. I bet we have lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, there's so many things. There's actually a couple things I want to hit about January 6th and get your opinion and also wondering how much um, you guys paid for transcripts for your Tampa trial because uh, Angel Harrelson, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's astronomical. Uh, Angel Harrelson is getting charged $10,000 for the Oath Keepers trial. So is that... Does that sound like it's on par with what you had to to pay for yours? Uh, well, that you know, uh, I don't know because uh, I actually didn't handle any of the transaction. I know that it was hundreds of dollars per transcript, and I probably have about I if based on those I probably have about six or seven thousand dollars worth of transcripts but sitting underneath my bunk right now. So considering their trial was much longer, um, I would not be surprised if that bunk was at all. Um, but it's time to, I'm pretty sure that the judicial system is, should be funded by taxpayers. I mean, I bet right. the third branch of the federal government probably has a budget. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, that's just me. You would think, right? Well, now they'd rather send their money overseas. Come on, now they don't want to give it to the people. They especially. And don't the want to funny the thing is, the funny thing is that you need the transcripts in order to appeal. So, therefore, in essence, you're actually having to pay the judicial system for your own 
to overturn anything like that. I think they were going to have screwed up. Then you're actually having to pay additional to look for those screw ups and then, of course, pay another attorney because, you know, trial attorneys don't typically also do appeals. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, that's uh, just one more aspect of this uh, judicial system that you probably weren't aware of. Uh, and that's uh, part of uh, what our mission is here. You know, I, I had an idea. Tell me what you think about it. Is what if we had some kind of database for all of these J6 transcripts and maybe people had to pay, you know, a nominal fee to access the transcript just so that some of these families can get paid back or a, a donation maybe. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that would be a great idea. And something tells me that if you try to do something like that, and the government will step in. Because see, here's the here's the dirty little secret. Um, the way they get away with this is because the court transcribers aren't actual members of the judicial system. They're actually private contractors, which is funny because I have another story here about private contractors. But that's how they get away with it. They say, "Oh, well, I mean the." Court reporter, I mean, they're actually contractors, and this is how they make their money, right? And so it's just one more way the American taxpayer is fleeced. It's another way that the defendant is uh, one more barrier that's put in between them and justice. And, you know, it's funny because my attorney just visited last week, and she says, oh, you know, the jail now doesn't allow me to hand you any documents anymore. And I'm like, what? Yeah, so now all my attorneys, any document of which we do extensive hard copy edit, I do lots of notes on, on pieces of evidence and, and give them to my attorneys for review. I edit their motions and, and all kinds of stuff. Right? So there's constantly exchange of official legal paperwork. Well, now this jail, which is a, also a civilian contracted jail through Corrections Corporation of America, I'm sure none of the judges in my case had any of their stock in their portfolio at all. Um, but the jail is making this policy that, oh, well, because we don't, we haven't quite figured out how to prevent the flow of drugs into our facility, which is pretty much our only job, right? Protect the inmates and prevent them from breaking more laws, right? So since they can't control the flow of paper that has bug spray sprayed on it so that the inmates are then allowed to just smoke it and get high or what we call twack out, right? They can't control that. So what's their solution? Well, let's limit illegal defense of all those who are trying to actually fight their case. Because I can assure you, in my years of experience in the penal system, in the jail system that I've been in, um, those that are twacking out on what we call Tucci paper dope, uh, they're not the ones that are meeting with their attorneys and exchanging paper, okay? Um, and so the solutions of the system, you know, much like when a madman goes on a shooting spree with a gun, the solution of the system is that we clearly have to take guns away from law-abiding citizens, right? Because the gun was probably illegal to begin with, and obviously they don't care about the laws against murder. But I'm sure if there were just some gun control laws, 
more gun control laws in place, and that would have all been averted. Well, you see, this is the same mindset that this jail is using by saying, well, we're going to make you now mail any paperwork between the attorney and the thing. And uh, I can tell you right now, um, let me tell you how the mail flows. Let's see. I get daily papers, and the last paper I got was uh, October 18th. Uh, what's the date today? I'm pretty sure it's November, almost November 18th by now. November 16th, but, uh, yeah. but this is their solution. So, see, it's just another barrier. And, of course, we're going to fight it because, see, what, the, what I'm sure the jail here hasn't read is the Sixth Amendment or any any of the case law that goes around with the Sixth Amendment. And so any intentional delay in legal defense or any barricade put between you and your legal representation has been ruled to be a violation of the Sixth Amendment. So let me welcome the system to continue to violate my rights so that I can take some of that uh, judicially invested money from, I'll take it away from Corrections Corporation of America or the Bureau of Prisons, I don't care. I'll sue everyone. But this is how the system is working. This is how, or not working, or it's working for the tyrannical federal government. But uh, just one more example, through the use of contractors and charging hundreds of dollars for transcripts, which are required in order to file appeals, and also to be able to expose all of the flaws in the system to begin with, uh, all the way down to now, the jail just arbitrarily saying, you know, since we can't do our job, we're going to, uh, we're going to hamper your legal defense. Yep. You got that right. Um, We got to come up with something that benefits most people and really benefits the common person. That's what this all comes down to because they are really trying to restrict us and control us by money. So um, let me get a. I think we should start. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't realize the breaking news doesn't like flop. I'm sorry, Jen. You got to warn me. <laughs> no problem. Um, is there anything you want to say real quick before we cut to the breaking news? No, your, your buzzer totally wiped out my, <laughs> my mindset. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Well, I just want to, and I've got it down here on the scroll. John Earl Sullivan. So this is the guy who was filming Ashley Babbitt's shooting, her murder, okay, has just been convicted on all seven counts. Okay, this is four felony counts, including two for carrying a knife into the Capitol, multiple misdemeanors. The jury deliberated for four hours before they found him guilty. His defense was that he was a journalist on that day, but the jury saw that differently. The judge was Royce Lamberth, and he ordered Sullivan into custody to await sentencing. So that's our first bit of breaking news. Our second is that the first two January 6th appeals has reached the Supreme Court. This is coming from Chuck Calesto on Twitter. The U.S. Supreme Court has scheduled a conference for December 1st to decide whether to hear two significant appeals related to the events of January 6th. The first case involves a federal agent who brought his firearm to the U.S. Capitol, and the second concerns the Department of Justice's use of an evidence tampering 
law in prosecuting January 6 defendants for felony obstruction of Congress. If the Supreme Court agrees to hear either or both of these appeals, it would mark the first time it reviews a case connected to January 6. On November 14th, the court noted that both cases are set for discussion in the December 1st conference. Defense lawyer Marina Medvin, who represents clients in both cases, indicated that by December 4th, it should be apparent whether the Supreme Court will agree to review the cases, reject the petitions, or postpone them for further discussion at a later conference. That's the breaking news that we have regarding January 6th. Have these cases already been heard by lower circuits? Um, that, now, I'm going to assume yes, because it's gone to the Supreme Court, but that's not you have something one minute I've read left. to. Okay, well, I guess we got the, the news coming out in December then, so hopefully uh, these are going. Look, uh, let me shock everybody. I'm not happy that John Dalton has been convicted on all these charges, because again, uh, yeah, while he may be a useful idiot or, you know, a useful dupe, just like many of the others that participated in January 6th. Uh, he certainly you know, shouldn't be falsely convicted of any crime that he wouldn't have normally committed on his own if not for the involvement of the federal government. So uh, while I'm sure many are celebrating, I'm not quite 100% sure that it's a good thing. Uh, just like uh, you know, many of the other protests that happened at the people's house, right? Just because they're illegally charging me as a terrorist doesn't mean I want everyone else to be called a terrorist. So keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone is entitled Thank to Thank you for using rights. Securus. Goodbye. Now that's very true. And a, a lot of people are asking if this protest slash riot that was going on last night in front of the Democratic National, uh, well, I guess the DNC in D.C., so Democratic National Convention in D.C., I guess they're they're building there. Um, if you didn't see that, I mean, it's it's all over the place, all over the media. I think they arrested one person out of that entire thing. They're saying that there were uh, four to five officers that were hurt in the line of duty last night. A lot of people asking if these if any of these rioters are going to be arrested after the fact, are they going to be held accountable for their actions? I saw a lot of tug of war going on. Unknown the, uh, caller. It's not unknown. Um, a lot of tug of war stuff going on, which I'm not sure that's what we want in a riot. With it, police. it will be recorded and maybe monitored. Interesting. If tactics you believe there. this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. Smoke to grenades, this free call, rubber bullets. One. To refuse this free call, press two. Thank different. you for using Securus. These other guys were insurrectionists. Now. Trying to stop an election. Are you got me? Yes. Did, did you see what happened last night in All D.C.? Right. Well, hold on one second. Okay. Let me just clarify what I just said about John Sullivan. Okay. If John Sullivan was charged with participating in an agent provocateur or unconventional warfare while flagged, then I would want him to be convicted because I think that's what he should part in, right? But see, his charges were just the same trumped up state charges. So I don't want you to think I'm glad uh, I'm not glad that John Sullivan 
wasn't identified as part of the overall scam because he was a huge, like a, like I said, a useful idiot that is now facing time. He wasn't given the actual charge for which he was guilty of. Was taking part in the staging of an event in order to justify the rounding up of American patriots. So hopefully everybody understands that and doesn't throw rotten tomatoes at Jim. Okay. Just so you know, Cayman 10 is saying Baker's following that case in the courtroom. She means Steve Baker said nothing could be mentioned about BLM or Antifa. Baker thought that it might actually help him with the DC jury. So apparently it didn't. Well, why the hell wouldn't he be able to mention the groups that he was part of? <laughs> I mean, again, it goes back to how rigged the judicial system is. They're close to try to say, oh, you can't say that. You can't say that. Just like they didn't allow us by intimidating my defense attorney into not bringing up the recording of the federal agency recruitment in December, right? Oh, you don't want to bring that up. And if you do, I'll just rule on it and exclude it because that's what the DOJ wanted. See, they were afraid of me bringing up that evidence because that would hurt their case. And so this is, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is not like a courtroom television drama, which is probably why television courtroom dramas are the way that they are, because they want to pre-predictively program you into thinking that the justice system is something that is absolutely not. Mm. But, uh, yeah. but no, very interesting. So what were you going to say uh, before I had to make that clarifying statement. I was wondering if you saw the riot slash protest that happened last night in front of the DNC in DC. There's a lot of people protesting, calling for a ceasefire. And I don't really, yeah, I don't really see anything. I mean, I did hear about them. And again, I believe they have the First Amendment right to gather and protest these things. Now, when they start to act violently, now we're talking about a completely different scenario. But what I have noticed is that there's no call for the arrest. I think there was one arrest has been recorded. Uh, There's no call for the arrest of these people that apparently uh, injured six Capitol Police officers. I doubt it was that one person that injured all six. Capitol Police officers. So you notice that you don't hear the congressmen and senators who were locked in their office demanding, you know, retribution against these violent members of this protest for their, the harm they did to the Capitol Police, like they have right. against January 6th. So I think you definitely have to notice the difference in the coverage, mm-hmm. the difference in the narrative. But remember, they have the right to peaceably assemble when you cross the line from being peaceful to being violent, whether you're a citizen or you're the police, right? I mean, I haven't watched any video. I don't know that the police came in there and just started swinging blocks here. That's I don't know. All I know is what the media reports are, which likely means they're probably totally false. But the idea is we have a right to protest, to show up, and let your voices be heard. But when you start to commit violence or make violent threats of physical harm against people, well, then that's when you cross the line and that's when law enforcement should step in, in a measured sense, right? So let's not fall into the trap, the intellectual trap of the tyranny of two choices or the, you know, two-party duopoly, right? That there's more than one support the cops 
or support protesters. You can actually say, well, the protesters were right, right up until this point. And then, then they crossed over into the wrong category. And the police were right up until this point. And then they crossed over into the other thing. See, that's what actual people that think for themselves uh, apply some level of intellectual honesty to the situation. Because remember, I am prone stupid people talking as much as possible, okay? We want to know who the terrorist sympathizers are. We want to know who the complete morons are. We want everyone that believes that a mask that won't stop a fart can stop a mythical disease, right, or a mythical virus. We want to know these things. Yeah. from wearing masks. I don't want to ban people from saying stupid things or believing stupid things. I want to know who they are so I can stay away from them. And so should you. Well, you know, I did see some fence shaking last night. So hopefully that's taken into consideration when they go after these people. And, you know, I'm sure Sedition well, Hunters is, look, is right on it. Well, I know this. That uh, I guarantee they won't receive their terrorism enhancement on their fence for the fence shaking like Joe Biden did. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, um, would you like to go to Brian Kilmeade and John Rich? Not quite yet. Okay. So first of all, uh, I want to uh, give Jen some amazing kudos. Because she has accomplished something that many, many people just dream of accomplishing in their life. Jen, do you want to know what that thing that you've accomplished is? I'm on the edge of my seat. All right. Well, get the, <laughs> get the applause button ready because Jen <laughs> has utilized Jen, Jen intelligence. Just grit. Just you're on a stick to it. And she has gotten the fusion cell officially. The NFL of alternative media. <laughs> the fusion cell is all channel on band.video hosted by InfoWars. That's right. The grandfather of conspiracy theories, aka knowing the truth years in advance, and for those of us who are just uh, uh, only a few years, in a, you know, we, we tend to only get it right six months in advance, but that's right. InfoWars, founded by Alex Jones, a bandot video of who actually had the balls to go with my story, right? The recording yes. of federal agents attempting to recruit me and put on voices like Brandon Gray through justanothercannel.com. And if you don't know Brandon Gray, let me tell you who Brandon Gray is. Uh, Brandon Gray was the guy who heckled Hillary Clinton at her book signing at her tours, right? Brandon Gray is the guy who heckled Joe Biden during his presidential campaign about Hunter Biden and all the things that we all now know. Brandon was doing this years ago. And in fact, Brandon Gray was the uh, initial winner of Alex Jones' Paul Revere Award. And oh, so Brandon, who broke... Yeah, Brandon, see, you didn't know all these things that you're involved in. So Brandon... 
the Green Beret versus FBI story on March 5th of 2021 through his rentband.video channel, justanothercannel.com. Uh, we are now part of band.video. And so, Jen, congratulations. You are an official conspiracy theorist. Thank you. <laughs> And of course, we use the CIA's term of conspiracy theory tongue in cheek to, you know, heap the same ridicule upon their stupid 1984 Orwellian term uh, because they use it against us to say, okay, you want to comment? It's kind of like a teacher. It says, I'm no racist, but if you call me one one more time, I'm going to show you what an asshole looks like. So um, there you go. We've done it, Jen. We have made it. You know, I thought doing in studio interviews with Alex Jones. And uh, Harrison Smith and Owen Sawyer was the pinnacle. But no, you have uh, basically issued a superseding indictment against the globalists and the New World Order by getting us our own channel on Band.Video. So congratulations. And if you don't know what the hell Band.Video is, well, now you have an excuse to check it out. And Jen did warn me that this was probably going to be the first show that we post on there. So that's why I've got to make it extra good. You know, um, just another channel is actually in the chat. He said, uh, tell Jeremy he's welcome. Then <laughs> he's got praying hands there. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'll actually show you right, right now. Brandon. Uh, yeah. Well, I love you out there, Brandon. I love you. <laughs> I just want to show the audience real quick how to get there. I'll show you where we're going to be featured at here. So. We take you to band off video. So this is the landing page. And right here on the left side, you'll see a scroll where you can find a bunch of different podcasts and shows. So that's right. We're going to be out there with David Ike, Greg Reese, Alex Jones, and even just another channel who we are blessed to have in our chat right now watching. He's in here as well. Well, and in typical Alex Jones fashion, he is amazing branding uh, chops, and Band.Video is exactly what it sounds like. Band.Video. Thank YouTube except all the things that YouTube doesn't want anybody to know about. Now, remember, YouTube does not ban flat earthers. They don't ban Bigfoot uh, channels. Uh, they don't ban a lot of things. But yet, all the channels that you see on Band.Video pretty likely to be 100% banned on YouTube, which we all know should be a badge of honor an indictment from the Department of Justice and having the Joint Terrorism Task Force show up at your door. It means that you're doing something right and you've really pissed off the tyrant. Sweet. A rebel, if you will. Just another channel. Brandon says, love and miss you, Jeremy. <laughs> so got a lot of congratulations and, and celebrations in the chat. So. Thank you very much. All right. So real quick, uh, at the end of this call, I'm going to run down these things, and then we'll get into our Brian Kill Me thing. And, of course, I think we've got some uh, – some, uh, Got a video to watch. Uh, some Laura Logan as well, right? Yes. So uh, I don't know if anybody's heard, but the Chinese have decided to send their, their asset handler to San Francisco to make sure that their, their asset is doing a great job. Yeah. We rolled out all the communist Chinese flags. We actually cleaned all the human feces off the street. And so the Chinese are over the moon, 
happy with the performance of their spy, Joe Biden, and so happy with his performance that they're actually might allow us to keep the pandas, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. So, Jake, can we get some more applause, please? <laughs> so, wait, way to go, President Biden. America is winning at something, and that is being obedient and uh, having top-level performance for our Communist Chinese Party overlords. Good job. Also in the news, um, you know, we've talked a lot about government contractors and how uh, they're used a lot of times to do dirty work so that the government can say, oh, we didn't have anything to do with that. Well, one of the most well-known government contractors out there, uh, and these are known as private military companies, but everyone knows Blackwater. Of course, they're using the word Blackwater again. It was X5, X3, whatever the hell their name was. But Eric Prince and four others you may have missed are actually on trial in Austria. And what are they on trial for? Well, it seems that they've been illegally modifying planes. That seems like an odd thing. And the hilarious thing is in the story, the attorney is like, oh, no, basically makes it sound like, no, these are there's no military use for these uh, plots. You have one minute left. Wow, that is a mouthful. Cross-grain planes. We just added armor to them and sensors, and then we sent them to South Sudan. And um, yeah, there's nothing to see here, right? They didn't deny that they did it. They just said, "Oh no, no, no! This private military company and, and well-known defense contractor didn't do these for military purposes at all. And what military purpose would cross-grain planes have? Hmm, I don't know." I'm sure there's nothing to it, but uh, I've got a couple more stories that when I call back, and then we will get on to uh, some more stories soon. Okay. I'll be right back. The caller has hung up. Yeah, so it's pretty cool that we are able to be on on InfoWars. Came out of nowhere. Very exciting. Um, what we're going to get into shortly is Brian Kilmeade's show, who... To be quite honest with you, I don't listen to this man. I didn't know who he was until Jeremy told me about him. But apparently he's a talk show host of the um, Fox flavor, if you will. And he's talking to John Rich. Who's John Rich? He's a country star. He's also started uh, with Larry Elder. And I forgot who the third person is. Old Glory Bank. So these two men are having a conversation on the Brian Kilmeade show today. And uh, I'll I'll let Jeremy give his two cents on on this show and, and why he brought it up, but uh, I'm sure you'll hear it in the clip, and it'll probably make you chuckle. Unknown caller, Jeremy. Hint: It has to do with January. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call. Please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free call, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right, Jen, you got me? Yes. All right. So, speaking of obedience to our well big brother overlord, we've got new... 
Haley, one of the cutest little warmongers out there today. I think she wears five-inch heels is what she was bragging about. Go feminist. But um, Nikki Haley apparently was saying, oh, we need to get rid of uh, social media anonymity, right? Because how else are we supposed to turn the weapon that we've created to stop nuclear proliferation, the world terror, against those who don't say what we want them to say, you know, that disagree with science, who say things like a mask doesn't stop a fart, so why would it stop a virus, right? right? So Nikki Haley made these calls, you know, in conformity with her new world order, world economic forum pedigree that she got while she was the ambassador to the UN. But now, all of a sudden, I guess she's backpedaling, at least that's what the Associated Press told me. So I can only... Uh, you know, believe them so much because apparently Nikki Haley misjudged uh, how far along the World Economic Forum and the UN were in getting their agenda uh, brainwashed into our minds. And conservative voters have been like, whoa, wait, say it again, girlfriend. Um, yeah, no, people are happy if she wants to end social media anonymity, which, you know, who cares? Look, don't be a coward. Just tell people who you are. But see, the reason governmental social media anonymity is because they, they want to make sure that they know who are saying bad things about the government. See, Jeremy wants to know who's talking trash because he thinks that trolls are just a bunch of cowards, right? Um, but it's different when you want to know who's talking bad about you and the government wants to know who's talking bad about them. So congratulations, Nikki. Uh, you've really jumped the shark on this one. And yeah. then Right along those lines, uh, let me point out this little story that I just came across from the AP. Uh, And it's a story, and the title of the story is, Mayorkas warns of the dangers to the U.S. if it loses tools, remember, tools, to block terrorists, right? Terrorists, we all want to stop terrorists, right? Until they call you the terrorists, right? But these tools will block terrorists from using, ooh, Drones and WMDs, right? And so this story goes on to talk about, of course, the Homeland Security, a program that monitors chemical companies and things like that. You know, 3,200 chemical companies across the United States that the government says, we need to monitor what you buy at these chemical companies because, you know, you're not secure in your persons or documents or homes or things that you buy. I mean, no. maybe you have a farm and you buy a lot of fertilizer, right? But see, they created the uh, animus to get fertilizer by the false narrative of Oklahoma City, right? And so now they say, well, we got to stop the next Oklahoma City. And so let's have a government agency that monitors what you buy at chemical companies, right? Okay. And so, of course, Sounds good on the surface, but we wouldn't want terrorists to have access to chemicals and everything. And it goes on and on. But listen to this. This small portion of the Department of Homeland Security is made up of 240 federal employees, but 400 government contractors. So we literally have almost twice as many overpaid government contractors as we do actual federal employees. And their budget is $450 $450 million annually. Holy Just crap. this little section that monitors 3,200 chemical facilities. Why? Well, because they literally say that, uh, well, we wouldn't want anybody to get 
access to nuclear weapons. Well, wait, I thought this was about chemicals, right? But whatever. But if you read all the way down through the story, the real key is, let me read this last paragraph to you. My orchid, Ray, and Abizade, which that name might sound familiar to you, uh, also, also called on Congress to reauthorize Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. So remember, the other night when I talked about the quote that said, liberties at home are often always lost by uh, seeking security from some monster abroad. And that's a paraphrase of, a, of an old quote. Well, what you have here is a very well-structured piece of media propaganda that tells the story about all oh, this program it needs to stop terrorists from using drones and WMDs the dreaded WMD right but the very last paragraph it says oh, they also want to continue the foreign survey the foreign intelligence surveillance act so let me read to you how they describe section 702 the law permits the U.S. intelligence community to collect the communications of foreigners overseas suspected of posing a national security threat without getting a warrant. Okay, well, we don't need to get a warrant against foreigners overseas. See, because they don't fall under the United States Constitution because, you know, they're not uh, U.S. citizens, right? Yeah. But then it says, the government also captures the communications of American citizens and others in the U.S. when they are in contact with these targeted foreigners. Man, I, I feel like I remember a scandal. It happened sometime around 2016 to 2020 where the Pfizer system was completely abused by the intelligence community. And how do they abuse it? Oh, remember the term unmasking? Oh, well, I mean, we only recorded the phone call of this foreign person that turned out to be an actual U.S. paid intelligence asset or an asset of the Five Eyes, our allies, because we can't illegally monitor with our assets, American citizens, but our allies can monitor those assets. And then if they're foreign assets, call an American that we want to monitor, well, then we can just unmask them because, see, we were actually just recording the foreigner, even though we know that the foreigner is an, an intelligence asset. But, see, now it gives us the excuse to have a cover story for why we were able to listen to President Trump or George Papadopoulos or General Flynn or any of the other people that they illegally spied on. Yeah, that's what the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, Section 702, allows the government to do. And so they bury that little tiny thing. And then it yeah. said, it closes with this final sentence. Some in Congress would like federal agencies to be required to get a warrant. Um, some in Congress would like federal agencies to have to get a warrant. Um, they already have to get a warrant. It's called the Fourth Amendment of the Bill of Rights, which can conveniently be found at the tail end of the United States Constitution, the document for which gives Congress 
its legislative powers. So here, those in Congress, they should be rest assured that there already is right there in the supreme law of the land. Just look for the word Fourth Amendment and just read that little paragraph there, some members of Congress, mm-hmm. and it will lay out all you all the restrictions you need to counteract the Unconstitutional Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. You're welcome. Follow those crumbs. You might learn something. <laughs> yeah, just read the Constitution and you'll find out that there's already things in place that prevent you from violating the Supreme Law of the Land. Today I was listening to the radio, and of course I'm, you know, part of my jail sentence is that I'm only able to pick up a Fox News affiliate. So at least I get to monitor the controlled conservative media. And so in the morning I get the pleasure to listen to Brian Kilmeade, who I used to love. Like I used to think he was hilarious. I thought he was. Fair and balanced, you know, that used to be the slogan of Fox News. Uh, but now what, what I hear a lot of is he's just the funny, cartoonish character in the controlled narrative of what we as conservative Americans or patriots are supposed to believe. Yeah. And so today, he actually ran into a, what sounds to be like an actual true secret. And so I wanted to play this to offer my bravo and kudos to Mr. John Rich. Now, you may not know who John Rich is, the country star. Uh, he's from Big and Rich fame. But he, he, after listening to him a few times, I'm like, yeah, that guy's pretty cool. But, you know, he's on Fox all the time, so he's probably fake like everybody else. Right? But today, he actually exposed it. No, no, no. He is actually a true American patriot by directly countering Brian Kilmeade's attempt to direct his conversation in a certain direction. And then when John Rich didn't go along with that light nudge, he tried to change the subject and then cut him off. What did John Rich want to talk about rather than the topic uh, Brian Kilmeade would? Well, he wanted to talk about the treatment of January 6th gulag prisoners. What did Brian Kilmeade want to do? He wanted to throw the conservative babble rousers in Congress under the bus for not going along with their continued spending, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually starts off with a clip from Stickwolf and then wants John Rich to agree with him that these rabble rousers like Chip Roy are really embarrassing to Republicans in Congress. But listen how the conversation goes. And then I've got some comments from Mr. Kilmeade afterwards. Nashville, Tennessee, the site of the Patriot Awards tonight. Don't move. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done besides, well, I guess it's not as bad as the Democrats. 
Well, that was uh, Chip Roy upset with the continuing resolution that was signed over two phases by the brand new speaker. Uh, they got rid of the old speaker and then made uh, totally embarrass themselves for 22 straight days. John Rich, I, I know how po- passionate you are about politics, but you have like nine other jobs. You can't, you can't <laughs> right. sit there on like me and follow everything. Yeah. Were you just stunned by those series of events and then here the Republicans have one small fraction of power, how they seem to be turning on each other so often? Uh, I would say it was stunning to watch it because we've never seen it before. Uh, on the other side of that coin, the, listen, and you and I may disagree on this, which is fine, but a lot of us were really sick and tired of watching uh, people get elected and go sit in these seats and never do anything that they say they're going to do. I mean, McCarthy said you're going to see all the J6 tapes. He told us that straight up, and I went, I was shocked that he said that. I went, well, right on. If he's going to do that, okay, let, let's go, Kevin, let's go. And he didn't, and there was other things he, he said he was going to do, but he didn't do it. We still don't have them. And I don't know that this the new speaker will either. I don't know what Rogers is going to do either. But, but listen, the American people are sick and tired of being told by politicians, we're going to do this if you'll just elect us. And then they get elected and then they don't do it. But a couple of things I would I would make an analogy. You got to Hey, John, give me five songs uh, by the end. You, if you had to deal with a big band and they were disagreeing on different things, it's not the John Richmond. It's a, mm-hmm. a big band. And you had to get this together and they just they're working or they're not showing up, and it's not done, you have to come up to me and say, Brian, kill me. I know I promised you five songs, but my well, guys aren't ready. They're going to need an extension, I, I, as I, opposed to we're not delivering. I guess. I mean, that's that, – I would you consider have one that a strange left. analogy for me. Because, because Republicans Listen, were not delivering Brian, from their committees. Brian, there are men rotting in jail cells in Washington, D.C. with no habeas corpus. Forget excessive bail, no bail. We've seen the footage we have seen that's come oh, out exoner- exonerated two or the three budget. of them. Yeah, define the budget, whatever. What, what? Yes, of course, that's important. But the thing I focused on was when he said, we're going to turn loose of all this footage. To Let's see if these guys are really guilty of what they're being incarcerated for or not. I mean, when you see Americans right, Jim, jailed and yeah. rotting Let me call back because I want to hear with no, no. Okay, got you. Let me call back. The caller has hung up. Okay, just from what I've heard so far, I'm just going to give my two cents here. Um, I'm with John Rich here. I am tired of hearing excuses, and I'm also tired of fellow Americans making excuses for these politicians, just like Brian Kilmeade uh, just did. Sometimes I hear, well, you know, um, they're doing their best, and uh, at least they're on our side. Look at how much they're doing in their committees or um, look what they just said on the stage. You know, there's a a strategy to this and we and and that's what I'm hearing right here. Um, No, it's time to stop settling for mediocrity. And just by that example that he was giving with a band that can't come up with five songs, you know what that means? Unknown caller. That's a clear lack of leadership. That's what that means. If John Rich is in charge of that band, he is the band master, he's a band leader, whatever you want to call it, main singer. Leadership, what does that mean? Bringing a diverse group of people together toward a common goal. Okay, figure it out. All right, then back it up about five, ten seconds because I really want people to hear John Rich isn't just you know, some guy that heard about January 6th the other day. 
this guy, you can hear that he clearly is pissed that he is not going to allow this topic to be pushed aside by Brian Kilmeade. So uh, go ahead and continue. Yes, of course, that's important. But the thing I focused on was when he said, we're going to turn loose of all this footage to let's see if these guys are really guilty of what they're being incarcerated for or not. I mean, when you see Americans jailed and rotting in jail cells with no no bail, no habeas corpus, no speedy trial, none of the things that were guaranteed Mm -hmm. in the Constitution, what does that sound like to you? It sounds like the USSA. It does not sound like America that that's even happening. Right. And so when Kevin McCarthy said, I get in there, I'm releasing all the footage, the chips will fall where they're going to fall, and he never did it. That wonder, infuriated how, a lot of us. I wonder us. how much is left, though. <laughs> hey, right. Yeah, they just turned the music up. Just drown him out slowly but surely. <laughs> there you go. So you have John Rich making a point that's way more important than the congressional kicking the can down the road. Right? He's trying to make a point and, and kill me keeps trying to cut him off. He wants to talk about the budget drama, which is just a recycling drama that goes happens all the time, right? And, but he's just persistent. He says, and so what does kill me do? He has they just turn the music off. And then on the way out, did you hear what kill me said just at the end? He says well, I mean, I wonder how much of that video is even left. He even says earlier on that, oh, I'm pretty sure that he's got most of that out. What? Yeah. 24,000 hours of video has not been released in any way. And all Kimmy wants to do is make excuses yep. when Mr. Rich is trying to make the point that Congress should be held accountable because yes. Americans are sick. These sexual... Let's just say, I'm not going to say it because this is a family show and it's our first episode that's going to be on band out video. But they're wusses, okay? Uh, and so kudos to a true American patriot. And, you know, when people say, well, what can we do? You know what you can do? John Rich is behind the founding of old glory things that we've actually been in our family, we've actually used for the last six months, okay, and tested it out, make sure that, you know, it's legit and everything. Well, uh, I talked with the guy today, he said, yeah, it's been great. So, ladies and gentlemen, take your money out of the globalist-controlled corporate banks that just kowtow and want to know how how obedient Biden was to his, uh, you know, communist overlord, the ones that cut off the money to the Canadian truckers. Get your money out of those institutions and put them in old glory banks. In fact, Mr. Rick said, we will not. If they come to us and say, hand over uh, a financial record, they'll say, come back with a warrant. Because see, that's actually, oh, in Congress wondering about Section 702? Yeah, yeah. Warrants. They're required under the Fourth Amendment, right? So, John Rich also is a is a, a faithful supporter of Souls of Honor, as well as contributes tons of money to veterans organizations through the sale of his whiskey. And Jen, did you look up the name of his whiskey? Oh, no. I'll look it up right now. It shouldn't be that hard to find. Type in whiskey and John Rich, yeah. and you will find the label of his whiskey. Go out there uh, and Neck, spend money. 
Redneck Riviera Whiskey. By all means, put your money behind people who actually know what the hell is going on in this world. And even though they have them on Fox all the time, which they probably won't have them on Fox for the longer when Fox hears about uh, some info war show uh, touting the patriotism of John Rich and him pushing back against it, one of their star shows. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, who used to be a sports guy for God's sake, now apparently he's like some grand uh, a wizard of knowledge on world events. But you just heard for yourself what the controlled conservative opposition's job is to suppress actual important stories and to prop up the losers that continue to go to Congress and do nothing That's but right. the same old, same old every day and then this controlled conservative media makes excuses for him. So, right. uh, in fact, I think Nikki Haley was on Brian Kilby not long ago. I try not to listen too much because I don't want to have my mind warped. Or, you know, I'll be saying, well, I heard this whole box, right? So, kudos, Don Rich, a bigger rich, save a horse, ride a cowboy, and give your money to patriots like Mr. Rich. Congratulations, Jen. One more time. Give them that round of applause button. Nice. All right. That's a perfect segue into another great patriot, Laura Logan's second part of her report on Rayette. Is that right, Jen? Yes. Is it too late? No, we have to watch it. All right, well, let's do it. Yeah, this is necessary, necessary. When people use the term Fed, most of us assume they're referring to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or FBI, when in fact, Fed could mean anyone working for an agency or office at the federal level. That could be the CIA, Homeland Security, or the State Department, to name a few. It could also be a federal office for any senator or congressman. And there are many forms employment can take staffer, contractor, informant, and so on. In our last report, we looked at the curious case of Ray Epps and why a number of those around him on the eve of January 6 suspected he may be a Fed. To be fair, Epps has repeatedly denied working for any government agency, and that may very well be true. Our job as journalists is not to prove a case. We're neither lawyers nor activists but we are supposed to get as close as possible to the whole truth and let you decide. And everyone should have a chance to speak for themselves. So we would like to invite Ray Epps once again to sit down with us and tell his story. One question that we have for him is what, if anything, he may have known about a plan to storm the Capitol, since that's what he was recorded talking about on January 5th. When he spoke to live streamer Baked Alaska and just happened to discover the two of them were neighbors back home in the tiny city of Queen Creek, Arizona. 
As we showed you before, when Tim Gianni, known as Big Tilaska, was live streaming in Washington, D.C. the night before January 6, Ray Epps leaned into him and whispered something he apparently did not want to say out loud. We're here to storm the Capitol. Hell yeah. All right. Have a, have a good night. Be safe. Be safe, brother. Somehow, the January 6 committee, with a budget of more than $18 million and over 40 staffers, seemed to have missed the most revealing, some would say incriminating, thing Epps said. The conspiracy theory about Ray Epps um, is, is just a lie. It's just not true. There's some, there's a conspiracy theory. Obviously, I've seen it out there. January 6 committee members like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, both Republicans, have put a significant amount of effort into defending Epps on social media, and in this case, speaking to students at the University of Chicago. It's one of those pieces of, of what we've seen around January 6th that is pushed by people that want to suggest that it this was this attack was something other than um, what it really was. And to remind you, so far it appeared no one had asked Epps what he knew when he whispered storm the Capitol before it happened and before Americans got the message. Protesters stormed into the building. Stormed the doors. People stormed the Capitol. The Capitol had been stormed. Stormed the U.S. Capitol. Nobody cared about the Ray Epps story for the first year after January 6th. It was just a nothing burger to everyone for some reason. Um, I thought it was a big story, but um, I was banned off Twitter. I was banned off YouTube. I was banned off all social media, so I couldn't get the story out. You know, I was not able to get it into the mainstream. I was arrested probably a week after January 6th. And when I got out, um, my followers and my fans, we all started looking into um, Ray Epps. And someone's like, he used to be an Oath Keeper and he used to be military intelligence and on and on and on. And we just started finding these crazy things about Ray Epps. And then- uh, Is it confirmed that yes, he had confirmed. a background in military intelligence or- Yes, I've talked to his, well, I believe so. Believing and being certain- are two very different things. And of course, this is it's a serious thing to say someone's right. a Fed, right? You can't and, just make and, and that charge. As someone who, you know, people have called me a Fed, I understand how serious it is. So, you know, I say this is allegedly, this is yes. what I believe. I I don't have like a smoking gun. That you se. can prove it. Yeah, I can't. I do know he was an Oath Keeper. I do know he was in the military because there's there was an old Facebook photo of him that I've seen <laughs> on, his, on his actual Facebook. Right. I haven't. Right. And, and that's why even when, when I say he's a Fed, I say allegedly that's what I believe based off the evidence that I saw. We did confirm Ray Epps's involvement years ago with the Oath Keepers, as seen in this video from Tucson, Arizona in 2011, where Ray Epps is wearing the T-shirt and marching along. This is the organization that, according to the DOJ, led the so-called insurrection. And at Epps's side, the man who led them, Stuart Rhodes, founder of the group and one of the few convicted on charges of seditious conspiracy, who's currently serving 18 years, among the longest sentences of any January 6th defendant. Depending on your politics, the Oath Keepers were either far-right anti-government extremists or, to use their words, a non-partisan association of current and former military police, and first responders who are upholding their oath to defend the Constitution. What made you join the Oath Keepers? The, I like the concept and the mission. 
uh, statement, which is revere, follow the Constitution. And it was just uh, directed at anyone that's taken the oath that to remind them that regardless of what's going on around us, we are bound to that oath. Is there something sinister in that? No, absolutely not, unless you think the Constitution's sinister. Kate Hilton said she was at that event with Rhodes and Epps, a memorial the Oath Keepers held for a young Marine combat veteran, Jose Garena. He died tragically at home in Tucson, killed by police when a SWAT team raided his house and riddled his body with bullets. (laughs) Police provided conflicting accounts, but in the end reportedly paid his family $3.4 million without admitting fault. Excessive bail shall not be required. At the time, Kate said, Epps was president of the Arizona Oath Keepers, where she had been a member since early 2010, having joined not long after the group itself was founded. What was the purpose, really? What was the point? The point was mostly educational. They had a motto, reach, teach, and inspire, basically to reach out to different entities from children to uh, Eagle Scouts, veterans organizations, and teach about the Constitution, because that had been stopped in most schools. Is it essentially locally based? It was nationally based, but with local chapters, and it exploded, because a lot of people could uh, relate to You have to one that, minute left. And have been wanting that. When but was this happening? Stuart Rhodes announced the formation of Oath Keepers April the 19th, 2009, at Lexington Green. I'll pause it right there, Jeremy, wait for you to call back. The caller has hung up. Very interesting, right? I did not see this uh, coming, really, that Ray Epps was. And then and you'll you'll hear more of this because I, I watched this as soon as it came out last week. I could not wait. Um, but hearing this woman's account of what she believed the Oath Keepers to be and then also hearing uh, why Jeremy joined the Oath Keepers, they're right in line with one another. The mission is the same. It's maintaining your oath that you took, spreading the good word of the Constitution, going to community events. Um, what is there to argue about that, right? It's American patriotism at its finest, I'd say. Unknown caller. Um, but somehow they've become an individual at pegged County, as an extremist, is not private. domestic be extremist and be threat. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse the free thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Are you there, Jeremy? You hear me? Yeah, now I can. Yep. Okay. In Massachusetts, Patriots Day. Kate had taken her oath when she joined the Border Patrol Auxiliary and said she'd worked in operations along the border in Arizona and California since 2006. Now 70 years old with grown-up children and a rescue dog, Sky, 
who never leaves her side. She said she works from home in Arizona, a long way from the ice and snow of the north and the tiny town in Michigan where her life began. She told us she's a lifetime member of the Oath Keepers and was active for more than a decade. Kate said before January 6, they had about 35,000 members who would step up when disaster hit, as they did in Houston, Texas, in August 2017, when Hurricane Harvey overwhelmed the city. They'd carried out thousands of operations, from rescue missions to security, and until January 6, Kate said, they'd not been charged with a crime. It was a common request if Oath Keepers could come and help with security. Was it paid? No. Everything was volunteer. Sorry, I just wanted to pause there for a second because Jeremy can't see this. Uh, while that little segment was playing, they were showing you saving that woman at the Capitol, just so you're aware. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awfully nice. So who would request security from the Oath Keepers? What kind of people? Um, a range of people from local shopkeepers like Ferguson because the stores were being burnt down and right. broken into right. and looted. So they requested Oath Keepers provide security. Black and white businesses? Mostly black, but yeah, both. Of course, there's, you know, there's the narrative out there that Oath Keepers are white supremacists, right? Yeah. It doesn't really fit with Black-owned businesses having them come in to do security for them in Ferguson. And the Black-owned business owners thanking them for saving their business. And so they provided a lot of, uh, saved a lot of businesses during the Ferguson riots. Kate, seen here with Stuart Rhodes, said Epps left the Arizona Oath Keepers in late 2011. Her sense was that he wanted to focus on his work with the Mormon Church and the family business he was building. But Epps gave a different reason when he testified before the committee. According to the transcript, he said it was when Antifa had first come out in Portland, and they were burning things and doing different things on the news. Stuart Rhodes wanted to go there and try to direct them, according to Epps, and he did not agree with that, so we kind of split ways. He added they were too radical for my likes. We looked into Rose City Antifa, the main anarchist group in Portland, and searched for news coverage of them burning things at that time, as Epps had testified. We found that in 2011, they were four years old, relatively small in number, and mostly focused on social justice issues. We did not find news stories about Antifa burning anything, but we did find news coverage of the Occupy Portland movement that was forcibly removed from two parks that year. Kate said Stuart Rhodes never suggested infiltrating Antifa or anything like that to her. And as far as she knew, Epps left on good terms. No one saw him again, no contact. So I saw the footage from January 6th. And what did you think? I thought, he's changed. <laughs> I mean, he's yelling, go into the Capitol. That's not something I could see him saying. That's totally the opposite of the image that he had presented previously. In what way? Well, he was a Marine, very disciplined. They don't cross those lines. No. Yet here he was screaming to total strangers to cross that line. And it was so out of character from what I knew of him. Did you talk to anyone else about it? Stuart. You spoke to Stuart, Stuart about and, it? Uh, 
as the only other person that I'm aware of that knew Ray Epps that has been in the organization that long. And Stuart was shocked as well. We had a con several conversations about it. He said, that's not the Ray we knew. And when you saw the media start to, you know, certain parts of the media start to say he might be working for the government in some capacity, maybe he's an undercover informant or something, maybe he's a contractor, uh, all of which he denies, of course. Mm -hmm. Did that strike you as realistic or possible? Or yes. was it? Yes? Yes, because it was so out of character that I would think someone would have to be instructing him on how to conduct himself. That I couldn't think of any other logical explanation for his behavior, his uh, demeanor, his words, any of it. But I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And the more he heard, the more it seems to me that he was an informant. What do you base that on? Because obviously he's been on national TV protesting his innocence. He's been defended by the January 6th committee. I guess he's going on the offense because he's guilty. The louder you get, the guiltier you probably are. Where and attack that, is the best form of defense. Right, exactly. Look at everybody else. They've got grandmothers with cancer that walked in and took a selfie that are in prison. It just doesn't add up. Here he is actually on film verbalizing going into the Capitol. Both the night before and the day yeah, after. Exactly. That's what you call ginning up a crowd. Incitement. Incitement. What about people who say, well, there's, you know, there's nothing there and you're, you're making life traumatic for an innocent man. And now he's been charged by the FBI anyway. With a misdemeanor. Yes. My question would be then, what's the logical explanation of why he has not spent a day in jail all this time? Anybody else doing far less, not only were picked up and put in jail to await trials indefinitely, but, you know, had to wait for their day in court in a jail cell. He wasn't. And he's the only one literally on film that I'm aware of that is actually calling to breach the Capitol. With your history in the Border Patrol Auxiliary and mm -hmm. the kind of work that you did, is there any experience that you have from your past that sort of contributes to how you look at this? You have to rely, be able to trust and rely on people and be able to read them. Because it's your safety. Yes. Not only theirs. Yes. Nobody wants to be associated with someone they can't trust or feel they're lying to them or. And I, he fooled me. It may have been him then, but he changed. Something happened after he left Oath Keepers until January the 6th. What? I don't know. But those were two different people. We really wanted to ask Ray Epps that question and reached out again to his attorney, Michael Teeter, but got no response. Teeter was, in some ways, an odd choice for Epps. How did a Trump supporter who believed the 2020 election was stolen end up with a lawyer who's leading the effort to punish Trump's attorneys for questioning the election? Michael Teeter runs the 65 Project, which, according to their website, is working with bar associations so that lawyers who subvert democracy will be punished. One of his main allies in this effort, David Brock, a major political operative for the Democratic Party, who told Axios in 2022 the idea was also to shame attorneys 
and make them toxic in their communities and in their firms. In media interviews, Michael Teeter has said his client's life has been ruined by right-wing conspiracy theories and speculation, which forced him to sell his home in Arizona amidst death threats and go into hiding. When he spoke to 60 Minutes in April of this year, Epps and his wife Robin were shown living in an RV in an undisclosed location, although it was unclear if that has since changed. According to public records, in April last year, Epps sold his property in Queen Creek for $2.2 million. Remember when Epps told Baked Alaska this about Antifa? I despise Antifa. I've there stood him down myself with Good. the Army vets. I respect in, in that. Queen Creek, Arizona. We, that's where, that's where I live. We couldn't find any record of Antifa in Queen Creek, and Kate did not recall them ever being there. We're still looking for evidence of a clash with Army vets, but we did find something else. Good morning. How are you? It turned out January 5th was not the first time Ray Epps encountered Baked Alaska. You can see him circling during this live stream recorded by Baked Alaska at a Stop the Steel rally in Phoenix on November 30th, shortly after the 2020 election. It appeared to have been scrubbed from the internet, according to forensics experts we consulted, who found a single copy buried deep in an online archive. Let's go! And managed to extract the full live stream of 11 hours, 10 minutes, and 55 seconds. Here it showed Ray Epps pacing back and forth, a short way from Baked Alaska, who seemed to have his attention as he looked over in his direction repeatedly, 13 times by our count. Then Epps stopped and pointed his camera right at him, snagging a photo before putting his phone down and walking away, only to re-emerge on camera roughly a minute later, taking another photo in the same area. Not long after that, he interrupted this argument. We don't want you here, so skedaddle, scram. With a comment. It's a free speech zone. We're Americans and we're all You're right, you're right, you're right. I didn't realize this, honestly, until someone put out on Twitter and they were sort of like accusing me of being like a Fed or something. And they're like, oh, Baked must be a Fed because here's Ray Epps on one of his streams. I'm like, what? I expose Feds. Like, how dare you? But <laughs> but if I listened to everything online, I'd go insane. Where was this? This was in downtown Phoenix at Stop the Steel. I meet a thousand people a day, you know, as you, as you know. So these are long streams, eight hours, 10 hours. I didn't remember that interaction at all. Did you even notice him at the time? No. No, because like I said, I talked to so many people. Was Ray Epps simply a curious bystander or was there more to it? Without being able to ask Epps directly, that's a question we couldn't answer. Ironically, it was Baked Alaska, not Epps, who ended up going inside the Capitol, live streaming all the way. And Baked Alaska, the one who ended up in jail. What's up, everybody? Your boy Baked Alaska here, about to go into federal prison. Let's go! Epps made it onto the FBI's list of unidentified January 6th suspects, but was removed around six months later without being charged. That was taken by many as a sign he was being protected. But his criminal attorney, John Blishak, told Politico he thought Epps was removed in part because he'd contacted the FBI and was no longer unidentified. 
However, we found other suspects who'd been identified and were still on the FBI list. Their pictures updated with a banner saying arrested. We also found Matthew Perna, still on there more than a year and a half after he'd committed suicide in February 2022, and his case had been closed. The January 6th committee, in a statement, dismissed concerns about the FBI website as unsupported and said Epps told them he was not working for the FBI or any other law enforcement agency on January 6th and never had. Epps has now been charged more than two and a half years later with a Class A misdemeanor for disorderly conduct on restricted grounds, according to public case records. Those records also show Epps did not have to appear in court when he pled guilty. The DOJ waived his obligation and allowed him to appear via Zoom. Not so much for Baked Alaska, also charged with misdemeanors, but arrested on January 15, 2021, less than 10 days after January 6. When we met up with him in Florida, where he now lives, he said he was on his way back to Arizona and had stopped overnight in a hotel when this happened. I was driving home from D.C. in Houston, Texas, and there was someone who came to my door, and it, it was a guy, a towel guy, and he said, excuse me, do you need more towels? I was like, no, and I, I was barely awake, and I shut the door, and I was like, I could have sworn that guy had a vest on, like a bulletproof vest, on, and it was in a hotel uniform. I went down to my parking garage to get my rental car, 20 U.S. Marshals jump out, get on the ground, guns, rifles, threw me on the ground, handcuffed me, and it was just like they sent the whole squad over to make this big scene, wasted taxpayer money, put me in danger. For what? We, my attorney and I said, if you want us, right. I'm going to peacefully surrender. And and that happened. That sound familiar? It's happened too Oh, many my times. gosh. <laughs> Laura is nailing it. I'm going to need a whole second page of notes here, but let me call back. Okay. The caller has hung up. Yeah, Leto has an interesting point here. She says, and that way, Epps would almost seem familiar to him when they met again. Uh, PS34, the committee said that, but did Epps ever say that? I'm not sure what you're referring to there. PS34, but please feel free to put that in the chat. Um, yeah, this is, again, you know, what Baked Alaska is talking about even just right here with the tactics that are being used to arrest these guys. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but they were just conducted a manhunt on him, right, uh, in the Northeast. And he was a, a sergeant in the National Guard. And apparently he had been in communication with them and said, you know, you need me to turn myself in. Um, we can meet any place, anytime. Like, let's do this in a normal manner. Nope. They had to come out guns blazing. PS34 about not working for any agency. Oh, well, that's a good question. Now, it seems like Ray Epps said he was not working for any. He said, no, he said he wasn't working for the FBI. That's what I remember. So, of course, I'm almost so he testified about that at the committee, right? That he worked, he didn't, he was not working for the FBI. So, therefore, the question is what other agency could he have been working for? 
And he could have been working for a Dep Department of Homeland Security because they work in these joint terrorism task forces with the FBI. So as they do in these congressional hearings, they are skirting around the issue, using the words very carefully so that they could get away with whatever it is they're getting away with. I mean, they're obviously allegedly lying here. Uh, as Laura was steering Baked Alaska to make sure that he doesn't put himself in a position to get sued because people who have said previously that Ray Epps was a quote-unquote fed, he has a lawyer and he goes and sues them. And you see from this guy who's running the 65 Project, this is why there are a limited number of lawyers who want to come to the table and defend January 6th defendants because of people like him, because Unknown of organizations like that, because they are making bar complaints on these people and threatening to take their bar card away. Monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number to accept this free call. Press one to refuse this. So Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation these, uh, now. Defendants. Okay. All right, I'm back. All right. Yep. Happened not just with me, but with everyone. I've heard stories of doors getting kicked down and, you know, these these late night or morning raids and the family having to go through the trauma. It, it's absolutely insane. And so I, I had PTSD just from that. And uh, the it, it's it so scary. Yeah, it's it's scary. And it just seems like it uh, never ended. I, I kept the cops kept coming to my door trying to get me on more charges and more charges. So it's like I'm here with you technically free in Florida, but I'm on a two year federal probation and the FBI just tried to charge me with conspiracy, but they they couldn't. But they admitted conspiracy that for what in The New York Times, they were trying to charge me with conspiracy for going to January 6 and meeting up with friends. And they were saying, oh, that was part of some big plan, but they couldn't find evidence. Are you still under investigation, do you think, by the FBI? I submitted a FOIA request um, asking, and they said they couldn't tell me that it was confidential information. So <laughs> I would guess I'm probably on a never-ending investigation because they, you know, they, they want to find any reason to put me behind bars. Are you on any uh, no-fly list or anything like that? I am on the Quad S list, it's called. So every time I fly, four S's appear in the top left of my ticket. I can't check in online. I got to go about three hours early. They have to manually call Homeland Security, treat me like a terrorist, go through every single thing I own with a bomb squad and all. I'm not joking. And then pat me down in every way possible. And then I get to the gate and it's not done. Then they come back again, pat me down in front of everybody. And so really what this is, it's a humiliation tactic. Intimidation. They, they want to humiliate me, intimidate me in the public square and say, this is what we're doing to Baked Alaska. And if you speak up, if you step out of line, they're gonna do it to you. The presence of undercover agents and informants amidst the crowd on January 6 has been coming to light and can no longer be dismissed as conspiracy. What have you learned so far? We're tracking down different ideas and theories. And one of those theories was that there were undercover law enforcement officers in the crowds. We know that to be true. We turn to investigators like Congressman Barry Loudermilk since the FBI and DOJ won't comment. 
He's chairman of the House Administration's Oversight Subcommittee investigating security failures around January 6. Is it potentially the biggest setup in the history of this country? Potentially. One of the greatest crimes against the American people. That's why it's so important to get the truth with us. That's what we're working for. And the cover-ups that happened after January 6 is what I'm really after as well. What about the Republicans involved in those cover-ups? I know it's hard for you to address those things. This is your own party, but this is the reality. I mean, We're going to go where evidence leads. No matter what. No matter what. I'm going to hold you to that. Yes. For the January 6th committee, the congressman from Georgia and his team of investigators would prove to be the problem that wouldn't go away. Did the DOJ and the January 6th committee overlook a felony arrest warrant for Ray Epps in Pennsylvania from 2015? We have video of Ray Epps holding up this huge magazine, steel magazine, and he's actually helping push it. Some of the men who were touching that sign, they're in prison today. That was Jim Man, that was juicy. Holy cow. You, all right. Does anybody realize what Laura Logan just did to that poor innocent congressman? (laughs) Well, she definitely put him on the spot. Now he's going to be, uh, no, 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 no. She didn't put him on the spot. You realize what she just did to him? No. In interrogation, we have a saying. Okay. If I ask you the question, I already know the answer. Mm, oh, yes, yes. Laura Logan just said to this congressman, are you investigating this or this and that? Oh, yeah, I don't know. We're going to do this. And she goes, I'm going to hold you to that. You know that when she said that, she had likely already talked to me. And do you know that I told her that we presented all this evidence to many different congressmen through many different channels, mm. and no one wants to talk to me? So here, she literally tracked him. That's awesome. And and what? She's going to prove, because I can't remember whether she asked me the question about congressional uh, you know, interaction that I had during our interview, but I'm pretty sure she did, right? And so then, what is this congressman's answer going to be? when she does a follow-up or anybody does a follow-up and say, well, that's funny because uh, uh, Laura Logan's uh, little thing, uh, her her mini-series there, you said that you're looking at this as a setup and that it's very likely it could be one of the largest cover-ups in American history and that there was nothing you weren't going to look into and yet you never sent anybody to talk to Jeremy Brown who literally recorded the Department of Homeland Security attempting to recruit him on December 9th, 10 days before the announcement of January 6th, and yet the agent, knowing they were being recorded, mentioned to Mr. Brown something happening in January. Congress didn't think that might be interesting to talk to a 20-year Green Beret with an extensive career in this type of warfare who literally retired as the non-commissioned officer in charge of the branch of Special Operations Command Central that oversees covert, clandestine, and compartmentalized operations. Nobody thought that would be an interesting conversation. Wow. 
Wow. Way to go, Laura. I'm, man, a woman after my own heart. Yeah. All right. She's great. I got lots of, uh, I got lots of stuff to say. Uh, but Jen, first, uh, let's check the uh, multi-billion dollar Jeremy Challenge funding board. Um, have we received any notices of a defamation suit by Ray Epps' attorney? Not yet. No, no, we haven't had any <laughs> pregnant men call in or anybody uh, that has uh, done any of the other things like proved sea level rise or anything. No, no. No, none of these challenges have been taken up. Man, we must not be popular enough for them to know about us. If only we could just email them directly. Okay. So we start off with the anyone working for the federal government, right? But see, we always, we always have to remember the federal government. In fact, this was a story a couple of years ago. In fact, I was still a free man at the time. And I remember InfoWars uh, talking about how many people had security clearances within the government, right? Mm -hmm. And so the... Private military company infrastructure of our federal government. I mean, look, if you look in the Wall Street Journal when they have industries, government is one of the largest employment industries in our country already. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, as we talked about in this earlier story, where 240 federal employees, but 400 government contractors, right? Yeah. Well, imagine how many that are out there that are never acknowledged. See, these are the ones that fall under these CMTs, you know, these, these secret subsidiaries to your Boeing, your Lockheed Martin, your Raytheon, right? Raytheon is a communications company, but I guarantee you they have trigger pullers way down, multi-layers down. There's some company probably called uh, Trigger Pool for Hire Incorporated, right? It's owned by Raytheon, right? Uh, or look at uh, Boeing Scope Works, right? A private military company underneath a Boeing. So everyone thinks, oh, they're just making uh, airliners. No, they're also making highly sophisticated uh, UAPs, drones, missiles, all kinds of things. So never discount how deep the rabbit hole goes when it talks about federal, working with the federal government. And, and see, uh, I'm currently in the process of writing a motion. And when that motion finally hits the docket, you will see that I don't only really just talk about federal government agencies. I'm going to mention anyone associated, right? This is the legal terminology that you have to use against these demons, right? Because see, they know the power of words, which is why you know, they used the Newspeak Dictionary. It's in the 10th volume. They've removed about 20,000 words. All right. Again, have we invited Ray F. to your fantastic interview series? Mm, no, thanks. No, I haven't. You no, know, we if should reach out to, to his attorney. <laughs> Please do. I would love to. I have, I, I've got some questions because he's got to explain them to do. All right. So, then, then we heard Liz Cheney, of course, throwing out the CIA uh, conspiracy theory term about Ray Epps, right? Hmm. Uh, pushed by people. Who could possibly, oh, you know, like people like us. Again, once again, people like me. And how do they use 
this conspiracy theory terminal because they have complete information dominance. So let me give you an example of the extent of their information dominance. I just two days ago did a three-hour-long interview with a gentleman from Michigan. His name uh, uh, Garrett Saldano, I believe is how it's pronounced. Maybe I, I might have left. But Garrett ran for the governor of Michigan. He's highly involved in the patriot movement, the liberty movement within the state of Michigan. You know, the same state where the FBI fabricated a state governor kidnapping plot, right? You know, a test run, if you will, for January 6th. So Garrett is highly connected within the conservative patriot liberty movement, right? Big Trump supporter. I'm sure we didn't really talk about it. But ran for governor of the state of Michigan, had 500,000 followers, and yet just heard about me a couple of weeks ago through Pastor Jack Martin, a local supporter of mine who also is connected to Garrett in some way. Uh, I think they, they know each other personally. And said, oh, you, you, you mean you haven't heard about Jeremy Brown? And so, well, Garrett, of course, why do you need, like, oh, my gosh, I want to talk to this guy. And so he offered to speak for over three hours. And he's actually putting together a little documentary. And in that three hours, he didn't even get to the arrest or the search warrant, right? And so three hours just to explain all the things leading up to September 30th. And so here you have this highly informed, highly individual with a half million followers who just learned about my story. Is it because he didn't care? Well, no, of course he cares. In fact, they accused him of crimes related to January 6th. And this is the power of information dominance. Again, the idea of conspiracy Does anybody remember part of my story? Of the January 15th of 2021. <laughs> Actually, the same day they collapsed with the rest of the same day they collapsed with the rest of Me, Jerry Michael Brown. Proclaiming that I have a conspiracy theory and why do combat veterans find themselves so susceptible to conspiracy theories? Huh, that's awfully odd. Too many that the operations center cleared me as no national security threat. Well, how did the Washington find out who I was? I'm Washington out of Tampa. I didn't know I was in January. I wasn't a speaker. No, I wasn't anyone important at all. And yet somehow the Washington Post not only knew I was at January 6th, but somehow knew I was a conspiracy theorist, even though I wasn't on social media. Uh, I didn't have a podcast. How is it that they found out that I was a conspiracy theorist? Well, I don't know. I mean, Amazon owns the Washington Post and the special agent in charge of my investigation is married to an Amazon executive. I mean, there couldn't possibly be an unholy alliance between Amazon and the government. I mean, it's not like Amazon AWS services actually stores all the top secret information collected on you and actually processed by our 
top secret units within the military. No, no, not at all. So uh, if everyone's willing to keep this going, I've got more notes. So Ben, I'm going to call back. If you still, if everyone still wants me to keep going, uh, we will. And if not, then we can round it out for the night. Yeah, let's um, let's do one more phone call if we can, and try to get. All right, all I'll the try to talk quickly. Okay. The caller has hung up. I think it's just crazy that people don't know yet about Jeremy Brown on one hand, but that's probably because I'm I've been working on his campaign and doing the podcast and stuff. But um, if you guys, if you audience listeners can spread the word and get people to understand Jeremy Brown's story, I think it makes a big difference. It even makes people curious as to what was going on that day. And that's something that we have to work on as uh, messengers. Okay. Because people in this country need to wake up. And if that's the one thing that you can do to help the awakening of the human population to break away from the matrix. So they under start to understand what reality is. Um, then you've done an amazing job and you can start by saying, have you heard about Jeremy Brown? Did you know that he was approached before January 6th to be a confidential human source? Do you know that he's a former Green Beret with extensive experience in covert operations? He recorded the conversation with their knowledge. Hmm? Did you have you ever heard about that? No. And then after Chris Ray came out and lied to Congress. You know, Jeremy took his oath very seriously. So when you're lying to the American people as the FBI director, he may take offense to that. So he went public with his recording so that the American people would understand what the truth was. And then next thing you know, he has misdemeanor trespassing charges in D.C. and a search warrant in Tampa. Now, something interesting that happened in court, and this is towards the beginning. Uh, this is this is not trial that I'm talking about. This is a couple court dates before that. Um, they asked the ATF agent who was there on scene, who was there to collect firearms, explosives. Okay. Um, have you ever been part of a search warrant that stemmed out of a misdemeanor? Nope. Can't say I have. Those aren't exact words, but he said no. Very unusual to have a, a search warrant like that out of misdemeanor trespassing charges. But what's going on behind the scenes? Well, of course, they're using domestic terrorism as a way to further investigate. And so they're putting in their report and their search warrant if you will, we have reason to believe that this man right here is a domestic terrorist. Now, how could they come to those conclusions? Well, just look at him. He was a January 6th. Dang it. Isn't that reason enough? That is the level that we're at now. And if you think that that's crazy sounding, it's absolutely not. We have a lot of proof for that. I know that I told you about that Newsweek article a few weeks ago where they now the FBI now has 
a an a tab or a a designation for their reports, their investigations that denotes MAGA. That that, that makes you a that makes you a domestic violence, domestic terrorism, extremist, radical, huh, white supremacist. It's like, it's just nuts. There's another Newsweek article that came out that sounded mm, more tempered that I wanted to tell you guys about. It was titled Conversation with a, an Insurrectionist. He took Nancy Pelosi's lectern. And then it goes on to talk about the lectern guy. His name is uh, Adam Johnson. Now, he's been very vocal, I'd say, or puts himself out there in social media a lot, which is great because he too is spreading the word, sending the message, telling people what actually happened that day. And he mixes humor in with it as well. He's really good at doing that. He was at the Capitol. He was at the Capitol again, uh, just this last week. And he took a selfie with the Capitol in the background and he said, why can't I quit you? <laughs> it was, pretty funny. And then he goes into the Capitol and then he takes another selfie and he's like, Oh my God, you guys look, they are recreating January 6th in here. And it's just like normal tour going on in the background. Um, it was pretty funny. He has a good sense of humor. Now he did go to jail prison. You know, he was incarcerated. I don't know. I don't know which, and there is a difference. I'm, I'm sure it was prison if he got convicted. Okay. Um, and what he said that he missed the most and was concerned about was missing time with his family. Okay, so these January Sixers are sacrificing, have sacrificed, willingly or not, time with their families, time for their own lives. I mean, you see what Jeremy's doing here. And he often says, well, I'm not trying to get out of jail. That's like my number three on my list of three missions. The number one is to expose what happened that day. And two is to, for people to understand what's really going on in the justice system and to right the wrongs that are occurring here. Okay. Lofty goals, but people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world actually do it. I think that's a quote from Tim Cook, maybe. Unknown caller. Anyway. Master Sergeant has returned. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number yeah, to accept that. this free PS3 call. Phone. Press 1 to the free call press two. Thank you That's for using disgusting. Secura. People need to practice you may start more, the conversation uh, now. I was beginning to think you didn't want to talk to me anymore. No, that was the only phone call that came through. Yeah, I called like three times. Mm -mm. Man, they must be trying to block them. All right. Not waste time on that nonsense. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so you obviously can hear me now. Yes. <clears throat> all right. So... Then we have the lady describing the Oath Keepers. Now, I've got in my hands uh, Courage Under Fire, Capitol Police Chief Steve Sun book, 
And in his glossary of terms, this is how he describes the Oath Keepers, a far-right anti-government militia, right? But you heard this lady describe, because she was a member of the Oath Keepers, describe what she thought about the Oath Keepers, and it's exactly what the Oath Keepers is. Hey, the Oath Keepers are people who took the oath and are keeping it. You see, here's a little lesson in organization naming, all right? If it's a patriot organization or a conservative organization, then whatever the name is, is pretty much what they do. If it's a left-wing Marxist organization, it's very likely that the name is exactly the opposite of what they do. So, for example, if you have old ladies for life and you go to their meetings, what you're likely going to find is a bunch of old ladies who want you to not kill your babies, all right? But if you had old ladies for life, that was actually a George Soros-funded Marxist organization. Instead of old ladies for life, when you went to the meetings, you would have a bunch of young college women with bloody babies all talking about how great abortion is and how we should murder babies, right? So keep that in mind, right? The left are a bunch of liars. And those of us who aren't on the left uh, tend to just say exactly what it is that we mean. So the Oath Keepers, believe it or not, is an organization made up of former law enforcement and military mostly, right? That's who they go after. But there's other people that aren't military but that believe in the Constitution. And so therefore they want to be part of an organization that stands up for the principles that are codified in the Oath. Hence the name Oath Keepers. And this lady confirms that's exactly right. And, but I love the quote she says. She goes, you know, it's not sinister unless you think the Constitution is sinister. Exactly. She nailed it. This is exactly why the Oath Keepers has been targeted for destruction. Because, see, to those who are waging this unconventional, unrestricted war against America, the Constitution is sinister. You see, the Constitution restricts their power. I mean, it gives you the ability to have a gun and protect yourself. Well, what if me, the communist, was to come and kill you and your family? Well, we, it's harder for them to do that if you've got guns. So see, those that are waging this war against America do believe the Constitution is sinister, and therefore, their democracy, well, if you're an oath keeper to that whole Constitution thing, well, you're going against their democracy. So, in some senses, they're absolutely right. We are anti-government when the form of government that you're pushing on us is a precursor to your socialist communist utopia that you're selling as democracy. I'm totally anti-democracy because democracy, as I've said many times, is simply two wolves and a sheep trying to decide what to have for lunch. Those aren't my words. Those are Benjamin Franklin's words. And he says, liberty is a well-armed sheep contesting the vote. So I am not pro-democracy. I am pro-Republican form of government, where 
small district elect representatives who then go and represent the people, right? And so that's what the Constitution says. And I took an oath to that Constitution. And so if you want to call me anti-government, well, if you're a communist and you say I'm anti-government, you're absolutely right. I'm anti your form of government. And I'm pro my form of government. So I think she nailed it when she said, unless you think the Constitution is sinister, no, the Oath Keepers aren't anti, you know, a sinister organization. Yeah. And then she talks about Reyes being Marine. And see, this is what people fail to realize, is that the government targets for recruitment military veterans. So the local law enforcement, why? Because they already have a lot of training and a lot of the basic individual skills required to commit law, to, you know, that are part of law enforcement, right? Plus, you know, they tend to understand chain of command. They follow orders and this and that. But see, these federal law enforcement agencies that are totally corrupt, the reason they want military guys is because many of them suffer from something that I call the true believer theory, right? My idea is that, see, many join the military for the exact right reason. It's the same reason why when I was working in the field as part of the J3X, I didn't pay much attention to what else went out there because I'm focused on my mission, my task at hand, which is in the Middle East, doing all these secret squirrely type things and writing policy and making sure everybody's doing the right thing, right? I don't have time for all this other nonsense on the outside. And when I go home, I'm tired and I got to get up and do it again tomorrow, right? Well, see, the true believer theory is I'm told by my command that those are the bad guys, that they did this and they did that and they did that. And see, I believe those above me. And so, therefore, I do the best that I can to target and do whatever else uh, my command asks me to do. Well, see, Many in the military, they don't question their service, right? You don't have Marines and, and uh, you know, Green Berets sitting over a, a rack, putting a whole lot of thought into, why the hell are we over here? No, they're worried about conducting their individual missions because they, they just put their faith in their chain of command. Yeah, they might grumble a little bit or that. You see, soldiers wouldn't be soldiers. If every command they gave, they questioned and refused to follow the orders, right? They're true believers. And see, the federal government that's totally corrupted all the way down to its core, they love this idea. Why? Because just like the agents who tried to recruit me, they can just come right in and they can stroke me and tell me I'm a gorilla and tell me how great I am and, and this and that and how, wow, I really would be helping them out. If anything were to happen, and see, they think I have this true believer syndrome. And see, I broke through that true believer syndrome when I started to actually ask questions and then actually look into these things, you know, because of conspiracy theories. Because when you become a conspiracy theorist, you start to look at things from the standpoint of, well, if this was a conspiracy, how would they have done it? Uh, if this was the story, well, then why didn't this thing happen, right? And they really hate that. You see, many military members to this day, no matter how corrupt uh, the military or the government gets, they'll still have that sense of true believer pride. 
And see, they love this when it comes to recruiting confidential human sources or agents. Because, see, remember, it's the FBI. Wow, the FBI is really cool. Wait, wait, you want me to be part of a secret FBI mission? Yeah, you're a gorilla. You're a gorilla. You had honorable service. I mean, you're a Marine. And this is why so many are approached and so many fall for it. And we have to stop this. The agents have to stop being true believers that everything they're told from FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., which will soon be in Maryland, because the Republicans gave them a brand new headquarters. Good job, guys. But that's a sidebar. The agents need to stop being true believers. Those that are approached by this corrupt organization need to stop being true believers. And you know what? Even those poor stats, sitting over in Syria and Iraq right now, just being allowed to be bombed with drones and everything. At what point are you going to stop being true believers and say, I think our commander in chief might be compromised. And so this is a key aspect of why military veterans are so disproportionately targeted for recruitment by these corrupt government organizations. Hey, Jeremy, yeah, did, did you hear at the end where she said that it may be possible? Uh, I'm sure it's going to drop this week, but she, she made the comment that it may be possible. He had some a felony hanging over his head or, or some kind of criminal indictment. That's another possibility. They love to do that. They love to do that. Yeah, um, yeah because why else? how else are we supposed to get you to uh, turn against uh, your fellow man, your fellow citizen? Uh, to do things that you probably have a sense that, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I've been a keeper for a while and they haven't, I've never seen them do anything. Oh, trust us. They're a terrorist organization. But you don't want to go along. You know, there is a thing over here. We could simply just, I mean, that, that sounds totally plausible. I mean, I don't know. Let's ask Enrique Otario. Enrique Otario, right? He, that's how he ended up working with the Fed long ago. He had some charge against him and they simply used it to get him to do things uh, for them. I'm not saying that he was working with the feds now, but he worked with them in the past and what is what they all saying? I don't know. Um, all right. Now Ray Epps has been charged. Why? Everybody's like, why hasn't Ray Epps been charged? I mean, you heard Baker Alaska say, well, I was arrested on January 15th. That's funny. The guy that filmed the guy saying, let's storm the Capitol, he's arrested, but the guy actually on film saying it, no, 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 they're not interested in him at all, right? Well, that just goes to show. And uh, Ray Epps looks on film saying anything. So therefore, they didn't need to search real hard for pictures of Ray Epps to put on their little FBI most wanted, who's literally had like over 2,000 pictures. I know because I was looking for I was looking for pictures of me. You see, I knew that I was on body camera. I knew that I was on surveillance footage and I knew that they had tried to recruit me. So I was looking to see, well, I wonder if they got pictures of me on their website. And guess what? They totally didn't. So they had the Oath Keepers that apparently tried the unarmed overthrow of the U.S. government on the FBI's most wanted website, but they didn't have any pictures of Jeremy Brown, but yet they knew Jeremy Brown was with all those guys because they had confidential human sources in the meetings in November, 
They had confidential human sources uh, all over the place. They called me. They attempted to recruit me. They knew exactly who I was, where I was, but yet they didn't put my picture up on this website. But yet nine months later, they arrested me. So were they investigating Jeremy Brown or not investigating me? No. What they were doing was hoping that just like Ray F, everyone would just forget about that he ever existed, right? And this is exactly the point. And and there was actually an intrepid attorney who wrote this in an article talking about how it was odd that Jeremy Brown, you know, didn't have all these things and that I should be looked in as a fed. And I encourage that. I encourage you to think everyone is a fed because many of them are. In fact, Many of the people being accused of being feds are likely being accused of being fed by, you got it, the feds. Why? Because this is all disinformation. But see, here's the problem that those in the January 6th movement face, is that when they hear more than likely disinformation that somebody is a fed, they do the exact wrong thing and actually do the very thing that the feds want which is to cut ties with them. But that's not how you handle a double agent. You keep them close, right? We learned this from the Godfather, right? Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. So here's a little life hack for everybody else. If you suspect someone in the Fed, whether they're infiltrating your church or infiltrating your church, it's me. Give them some fake information. Tell them that you're going to be at the stinkiest part of town tomorrow at 8 a.m. and let them show up and deal with all the high crime, right? Yeah. Don't cut them off because, see, they use this disinformation to divide our group. And I have more notes, Jim, but I know everybody wants to go to bed. Yeah, I mean, we can continue next week if you'd like because I know there's a lot to talk about. Sure. I'll just make a little note right here and we'll see you next week. Okay. All right. Awesome. Jeremy, thank you for all of your insight uh, and those great news stories. So we thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. And that's how it goes. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for being here. Just a little reminder. Um, if you could please hit the subscribe button or give us a rumble, that would be awesome. You can find us on Twitter at the fusion cell. You can also learn more about Jeremy at jeremybrowndefense.com. And you can email me if you like at thefusioncell at protonmail.com. You can buy Abolish the FBI t-shirts um, through the email if you'd like. We're going to have a link going up as soon as we can, probably, I'd say in the next couple of weeks, because we want to get that done before the holidays. And if you'd like to contribute to Jeremy's uh, gifts and go, but you want to get maybe a little stocking stuffer out of it at the same time, you can go to makehoneygreatagain.com. Put that little jar of honey in your shopping cart and use the code J6, the space green space beret. So it's J6 green beret. Okay. If you have any questions about that, please feel free to email me. I check that thing every day now. So thank you very much for being in the fusion cell. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Be safe. And whatever you do, don't do nothing. Have a good night, folks. Mm -hmm.
world domination. Same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. Shall not perish from the earth. It was a great word.